Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD Guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I wanted to talk about something that I would call a little bit of a, not necessarily a phenomena, but maybe a way of looking at one of your triggers in a positive way. So basically, the way that a trigger can actually help you or benefit you. Um, I think of it as a little bit of a phenomena because I think that we can sometimes put ourselves into a different trajectory or maybe in a different boat or into an interesting um, pathway when we have triggers because there's things that we avoid. And so that's what I'm going to talk about is because we avoid certain things, it puts us into like a certain a life path. But um, in that path, it's kind of protecting us. And I wanted to talk about why that's a good thing. Um, and it, it just puts us on a different um, route, maybe is a better word for it, um, to maybe not getting suckered into certain things that other people might engage with. And I'm going to speak specifically about things that are, are a little bit more fraudulent, um, I, I came across this recently and I thought that would be something that I would immediately stay away from. And it's because one of my triggers is when people's behavior doesn't make sense, um, it's a trigger. So um, in regards to things that are fraudulent or things that are um, things where there's something going on that there shouldn't be going on, that just Im- immediately freaks me out to where I would never engage with it to begin with. Um, So I wanted to just share a little bit about that because I I recently saw a video about somebody who got into a pyramid scheme and they had like their own secret kind of code language and all this stuff. And I wanted to just kind of share why, because I think that that's one of our, our triggers is when things aren't making sense or people's behavior is not making sense. Um, I think sometimes that can be a good thing for us because we avoid it. Um, I also wanted to share, I, I got a book from interlibrary alone and it's called complex PTSD, um, from surviving to thriving by Pete Walker. And this is, if you have complex PTSD, I would recommend this book, um, so he he has an um, he also wrote a book called The Tao of Fully Feeling. Um, so he he's written other books. Um, he has an MA. Pete Walker MA has a great deal of recovery from his own complex PTSD. He has been a therapist for thirty five years and practices in the San Francisco Bay Area as a licensed MFT. His son Jaden is an unlicensed fourth grader who is growing up and thriving in a house that is a home. Um, That's on the back of the book. Um, So it goes into all kinds of things in this workbook, by the way. So I'm just going to mention a couple of the chapters that are in it, but I I haven't read it yet. I just got it in the library today. But I'm going to read just a few of the headings of the chapters um, to um, share with you. But the first thing I wanted to do was just talk about something. I was watching a true crime channel and there was this woman and they're trying to figure out 
a case related to what happened to her. But an aspect of something in this woman's life was that she apparently had been involved in what's called a pyramid scheme. Um, and it, it's almost like a, a bit type of business type of thing that some people get involved with where they want you to like bring a certain amount of money and then that money goes to somebody else. And the more people you bring into this, the more money you bring in to yourself, but also the person at the top of the pyramid, one of those things. Um, there's all kinds of pyramid schemes out there. And in this particular one, they had, it eventually got busted. Um, they got in trouble. The, the whole operation got busted. But before it got busted, um, they had all these code words for things. Like some things were called dessert and some things were called appetizers. But it was all codes for like money and people at certain levels on this scheme. It was just strange. But my point is, in regards to one of the biggest triggers for me, and I think for a lot of people with complex PTSD, I've said before my biggest one is feelings of incompetence, but my second one is when people's behavior doesn't make sense. I immediately just want to stay away from them. Um, that's my first instinct. So if I had ever come across people who were talking, let's just say they're talking on the phone and they're they're doing what I would say is pretend discussion or they're saying things that don't quite add up or things that don't make sense. And you might ask them something like, oh, what were you talking about? Appetizers and desserts and are you going to a dinner? And, you know, they might give you like a funny answer and they don't give really give you a clear answer as to what they're talking about or if I were to go to something and I actually had a friend who got involved. I, I don't know if I would call it a pyramid scheme. I would just call it um, people who just wanted your money is what I would call it. But I had a friend who got involved with something that was a whole big thing about how to make, how to start a business and how to, be, how to be the most successful business owner ever and all this stuff and how to create something. And, it was like a lot of money that you would put to go to these meetings and it was a meeting and it wasn't about them trying to bring other people into it. It was literally just a whole big thing about how to be the most successful business owner ever and how to start a company and blah, blah, blah. And I won't say what it was because um, I don't want them coming for me, but it was, it was basically like, there were very secretive things that they would do. And she wasn't allowed to say anything that was discussed at these meetings. Nothing whatsoever. Um, like not even share just little tidbits. Like almost like sworn to secrecy. Um, and it was just super expensive. And I don't think that anything ever came out of it for her. You know, and maybe that's just... She didn't want to... She decided not to pursue anything. I don't know. But to me, it was kind of that same thing where I was like, if something's that secretive, I don't want anything to do with it. I, I want to stay far away from it. Um, so it kind of reminded me of that. But I wanted to say in regards to that being a trigger when people's behavior doesn't make sense, in a way, that's a good thing when it comes to stuff like this, because I would want to stay away from it. Because eventually, like I said, that that pyramid scheme I brought up, they got busted and they got 
like fined with like wire fraud and all this stuff um in regards to that true crime case um and it had to do with that particular scheme that was going on um you know and so it in a way it's almost like in some ways it can your your trigger can put you on like a a path to staying away from things that are shady so if your if your trigger is um when people's behavior doesn't make sense because things should make sense things should be understandable and clear they shouldn't be confusing um and i've been around other people like that too um where their behavior isn't adding up or there's something else going on so like if somebody's secretly using substances you know like illegal substances or something and they're acting bizarre they're acting strange but you have no idea that they're on something um to me that would just make me want to stay away from them because i wouldn't understand them and i actually worked with somebody like this for a while where they would say all kinds of weird stuff and just almost like bouncing off the walls when they're at work and i could just never follow what in the heck they were talking about and they were they were just all over the place and then later on somebody told me that they were on something um and they were they were pretty certain about it too they weren't just saying that um and i thought oh that's why they act like that um but it was a big trigger for me because it made me feel like what am i missing here um what am i overlooking you know it's and it made me think like there's something i'm missing and and for me that's a big trigger when something's not making sense when um a person's behavior isn't making any sense it's just a big big trigger um and so once they said that and they were like yeah she's totally probably she's on something they didn't say probably on something she's on something i was like oh okay um because i just didn't know because they're not they're obviously not telling you that the person that's on something they're not saying that to you um but they're just acting strange and then and the other thing about it is they would act strange and then when i would respond in a way with like a confused look they would look at me like something that i was doing was wrong because i was looking at them with a confused look you know the person that was on something would look at me like can't you keep up or don't you know what i'm talking about or or what's wrong with you kind of like that kind of look and i was always just thinking what's happening what's going on here um it was a big big trigger because my first thought is what am i doing um what am i doing wrong but really it was them being on something and me noticing something's weird and them looking at me like i'm doing something wrong or i'm stupid or i can't keep up or don't i know what they just said because they would just say all this random weird stuff um and it's like no i don't know what you just said because you're not making any sense um so you know sometimes it can be a good thing cuz one it would keep me away from somebody who's on something cuz when someone acts like that i don't want to be anywhere near them and then once i found out they were on something i'm like well good i'm glad i never spent any time with them cuz i don't want to be around that so it can kind of be a good thing 
you know, that trigger can keep you sometimes out of harm's way when it comes to situations of, you know, those two scenarios I just described. But I wanted to share just a few of the chapter headings from this book. Um, And again, it's by Pete Walker. And it's called Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. I think it came out about 10 years ago, this book. But I wanted to just share... I'll share the titles of the first five chapters. The Journey of Recovering from Complex PTSD. He gives a definition of complex PTSD. Um, An example of an emotional flashback. Toxic shame. Um... I won't say the S word, but thoughts of ending your life, origins of complex PTSD. Chapter two is levels of recovering, key developmental, key developmental arrests in complex PTSD, cognitive healing, emotional healing, emotional intelligence, grieving as emotional intelligence. Um, the third chapter, and there's more within each of these chapters. Chapter 3, Improving Relationships, Complex PTSD is an Attachment Disorder, The Origin of Social Anxiety, Finding Good Enough Relational Help, Reparenting, The Limits of Unconditional Love, Chapter 4, The Progression of Recovering, Signs of Recovering, The Stages of Recovering, Surviving versus Thriving, silver linings and then it kind of jumps into a whole second part um so part two the fine points of recovering um so chapter five technically starts with what if i was never hit denial and minimization verbal and emotional abuse uh the failure to thrive syndrome hmm it's interesting way of saying that the failure to thrive syndrome I'm definitely going to read that. Uh, Chapter 6. What is my trauma type? Healthy employment of the four Fs. Complex PTSD is an attachment disorder. The charming bully. That's interesting. Reminds me of somebody I grew up with. The charming bully. Uh, Left brain dissociation. So I'm, I'm jumping a little ahead here, but... Um, so those are the first six chapters and there's quite a few chapters in this book. It's, it's a pretty, well, it's 13 chapters, I guess. So I went about basically halfway, six and a half. Um, but I just wanted to share a little bit of that and I'm going to skim through that, those first six chapters tonight. Um, and some of the other books that I told you I'd you know, I've been reading, this is a book I got at interlibrary loan, so it's not on the order of the shelves at the library that I've told you about. But some of the other ones I've come across recently in computer science are more in the realm of what I study and what I want to talk about on my history philosophy podcast. So one is called The Future of the Internet and How to Stop It. Um, this one's written by Professor of Internet Governance governance and regulation at Oxford University um, and it's it's sort of like a almost like a philosophy book about the internet like it can only you only you might only want it to go so far 
Another one is by, and this one I'll definitely mention on my podcast. This one's by just another one by, the first one was by Jonathan Zittrain. This one's by Justin Smith. He's a professor of history and philosophy of science at the University of Paris. But this one's called The Internet is Not What You Think It Is. A History, a Philosophy, a Warning. This will definitely be mentioned on my my podcast. And these were all on the shelves, by the way. So these are the ones I've come across. So it's getting more into almost like ethics of the internet. Because some of the other books that were by these were about how to keep your children out of harm's way on the internet. So it's getting into ethical stuff. More, more in lines with what my podcast would be about. Um, and then the other one I got is called Coders. And it's the making of a new tribe and the remaking of the world by Clive Thompson. And he's a longtime contributing writer for the New York Times Magazine. So again, this is a a journalist, like a, a writer writing about things. So I don't know if I'm going to like this one as much. Um, you know, I, I prefer people who are in very particular fields and what they have to say, like this philosophy guy. I'd rather read his book because he's in the field of philosophy. Um you know, it's, I was actually kind of not impressed with the Bill Gates book, um, because this was almost more of like a leadership book that you might have like a senior in high school read about leadership qualities. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. And, you know, it's almost like him saying, these are all the things that I think that could happen in the future with the internet. And I was like, that's, that's kind of a general book. I was expecting, I guess, more technical things from a Bill Gates book, but it was almost more of like a leadership positive outlook book. And I was like, nah, that's not what I was hoping for. So, um, you know, I'll be very selective about what I choose to share on that podcast. But those are some of the other ones that I came across as I was going through my system of picking them shelf by shelf. Um, But again, I am going to go through the complex PTSD book and share that with you Probably maybe later this evening, um, I'll skim through some of these chapters and tell you what I pick out from certain things. So I wanted to share that. And again, I wanted to share that just because you have a certain trigger, sometimes your trigger can benefit you. So sometimes, you know, there is a positive aspect of something, you know, if you have a very heightened warning, a ringing bell going off or a red flag you know, it can protect you from certain things. So I wanted to share that. This is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.